Welcome to Bamcast Extra, episode 30. 30? Wow. Yeah. We're... It's a milestone of unknown origin. <laughs> We're making numbers. We sure We're are. We're making numbers yeah. happen. It's the highest number, 30. So I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And we're back. We're doing one last martial arts movie. We've Well, for now. Yes. We've, we've spent a lot of time in the martial arts. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've achieved our black belts. We've only made it to the 30th chamber shell in that. So yes, we, we, yeah. we have some more to go. Right, but we don't we want to pace ourselves. Right. But before we get to that, we uh we have one last martial arts movie to cover, mm-hmm. and it's kind of the one that's been circling the topic this whole time, like since we started. Yeah, cuz I'm dumb and I <laughs> I thought this was a Shaw Brothers movie. I would have thought the same thing. Masters Master mm-hmm. of the Flying Guillotine. We oui. From 1976. I mean, C. <laughs> Sequel to One-Armed Boxer. Right. Sort of. Yeah, the, well, the One-Armed back, Boxer is back. He is. There are clips from that movie in this movie. <laughs> there are. Uh, real quick, let's talk about the uh, overall quality of this movie. Okay. This will be the first one, if you go to Amazon Prime to watch it, which is on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. you might notice that the quality is somewhat lacking. Yes. Uh the print on Amazon Prime is a bit garbage. Uh, Apparently, all of the ones out there are yeah, fairly garbage. The one on Amazon is the wrong aspect ratio, and it is standard def. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, also, uh, you'll come to find out that there are, depending on which version, where you find a version of this movie, there are chunks of the movie that just the English dub runs out. Uh-huh. Yep. And all of a sudden, they're speaking Mandarin, and you're like, what? what's happening? So the the story behind this is that there was a remaster in 2002, not really a remaster, just kind of like a resurgence of this movie in 2002. They put together like all the source material that they had for it. So there were scenes in the English dub version that didn't exist before. Okay. And they put out like a more complete version, but because the English dub had not covered those scenes, there was no English dub for those scenes. So basically it would play like festivals in Mandarin with subtitles. Weird. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because it's strange, because occasionally it does it mid-scene. Mm-hmm. They, were, they would just lop out lines of dialogue for no reason. Okay. So, you know. Great. As they do. But uh, this thing sure as hell looks like a Grindhouse movie. Y- yeah. Like, when you think Grindhouse movies, that, like, like pulsating light and different color schemes in the same scene and everything, this is... This is what you kind of picture, like if you were just going to some shitty theater that's just running these movies nonstop 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's what this looks like. Which is strange because this is generally regarded one of the top kung yeah. fu movies of all time. Yes. Why has no one come along and done an HD proper thing here? Well, I my only theory on that was that this one is, for whatever reason, not a Golden Harvest film which the first one was right this is some other company and who the hell knows where those source materials are so yeah this is something like first films or something like that it's some weird company i'd never heard of Mm -hmm. but there's no this is not a shaw brothers production this is not a golden harvest production this is just a martial arts ass martial arts movie yeah (laughs) so all that out of the way okay master of the flying guillotine you you are presented with a premise in this movie which is basically the two llamas from 
one-armed boxer, mm-hmm. were the protégés of this master. And he learns of their death via carrier pigeon. Yes, like you do. <laughs> and wants revenge. Yes. Because that's what the master does. He's also blind. He is blind. And he has a pet monkey. Uh huh. That never comes up. No, no, it doesn't. I don't even think he takes it with him. He doesn't. I, uh, I assume he has a toasted monkey based on what he does. He's a real scorched earth kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, when he's done with a location, he blows it the fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's got like some sort of flash grenade type bomb things that just set fire. Because yeah, he like greets the thing and he's like, "All right, well, via my inner monologue, I'm going to say I'm going to go get revenge." And then, <laughs> well, he's in his living. He's outside practicing. Mm-hmm. And then gets the messenger bird. And... Which he uses the force to bring down off the he does. off the roof. Because, all right, so <laughs> I'm not saying that it didn't somewhat happen in one-armed bark boxer. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, people would just, like, there was the impenetrable guy and the yeah. guy, that could, the monk that could kind of blow himself up a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but people full-on have superpowers in this one. Yeah, this is, this is full-on physics, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, so just, yeah, he kind of, like, does, like, a palm thing out and the bird flies to his hand and he gets mm-hmm. the message and then he's like huh the message is on this little trinket that has a carving of a one-armed dude mm-hmm. and he proceeds to monologue whatever is written on this thing for a good two minutes right which no but then he he goes inside to gather his stuff and then he's like fuck this place explodes through the roof right out onto the outer edge of the house and then just lobs back one of his little whatever fire grenades or whatever mm-hmm. and just fuck your house it's i will never return here which i don't know what his plan was if he'd won he'd just go set up shop somewhere else but yeah. he's he's never coming home he, he lobs this thing into the house and then just marches on blind or not mm-hmm. down this rocky crevasse area where he lives and it's business time yeah i um, mean the 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 fact that he's blind never in any way impedes almost anything he's doing other than he becomes slightly less efficient at catching somebody because if they're quiet and control their breathing and whatnot, they can be invisible or they throw rocks at other places. He, yeah, but there are lots of shots of him moving his eyebrows and wiggling his ears as Mm -hmm. he's sonaring the locations to figure out where people are. So he's off. He's time for him to go do his thing. Meanwhile, the one armed boxer is shown back up Mm -hmm. and he has started a school. Uh, it's never quite clear how much time has passed between the first and the second, although at some point they say it's been a few months. Okay. But I don't know if this is the same location, but the the old man and daughter from the first movie, gone. Mm-hmm. They do not exist in this world. Uh, they are not even mentioned. Uh, so he's just opened up a school to train people certain things and rather smugly, mm-hmm. I might say. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got a confidant who is running the place and is training people but then he strolls in and is like no you're doing this wrong let me you know he does all this Mm -hmm. and he's very focused on the the art of jumping he says this multiple times throughout the film but uh in, in the beginning it's like let me let me teach you assholes how to jump and basically it is okay here's a basket let's fill it with stones yeah, and he has one of his students, like, with the stones in, yeah. jump up and walk around the edge. And mm-hmm. then he's like, all right, take the stones out. And if you control your breathing, yeah. you know, light as a feather, stuff right. as a board. <laughs> right. and, uh, and this is a flimsy-ass, like, wicker basket. This mm-hmm. is not something that anyone should be able to walk around the rim of. But, yeah, so he's like, all right, take the stones out, do it again. And the guy's like, oh, and falls over. He's like, I can't. He's like, oh, for fuck's sake, let me show you how to do this. So he jumps up there on this empty-ass wicker basket, walks around the rim. And they're like, that's pretty sweet. And he's like, check this out. Let's go inside. <laughs> And then it just 
you know, he's he, he dancing on a, the ceiling. Yeah, he gets such a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> he just walks up the wall and walks across the ceiling and walks back down the other side. And they're all like, well, check you out. You are the master. You're I, awesome. I'd say a more apt uh, thing that rather than Lionel Richie, not to disparage the great Lionel Richie, That's but uh, break in two. Okay. Yes. He, well, he break in twos up the wall. He does. And, and the ceiling. <laughs> yes. So, I don't know, a guy runs in, Master, Master, there's a thing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what do you mean? And it's like, well, there's the Eagle Claws are having a tournament. We should go. And he's like, look, I didn't start this school for fame or fortune, but yeah, we should totally go. <laughs> well, the guy, he's like, uh, we really kind of don't need to. And he's like, but we could learn some of the other things. He's like, you make a good point. Well, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Let's go. So they go out to this tournament and... Okay, so right. Okay, before the tournament starts, there's a scene where the uh, the master of the flying guillotine mm-hmm. has. Uh, by the way, when he left his house, he briefly demonstrated his flying guillotine, right? Which is basically uh, it's a circular hat mm-hmm. with some razor blades around it, and when you fling it on something, it turns into a beekeeper hat, and he just pulls it back, and the it's got razor teeth inside of it, and it just yanks your head off. Yes. So that is the flying guillotine of the title. Mm-hmm. So he has gone to a tea establishment, as you do. For sure. <laughs> and takes a long time to get to his seat. And then there's a dude in the restaurant who has one arm. Mm-hmm. And he... It, it, there's a long thing where he eventually, like, smacks his hand and kills, like, seven flies. And he has this big feast and then realizes, I don't have any money. So he tries to sneak out, and everyone's like, oh, you hold it. And he's like, don't you know who I am? I'm the one-armed boxer. Master Flying Guillotine is like, hold up. Hey, wait. (laughs) That might be who I'm looking for. Let me rip that dude's head off. (laughs) Which he just whips this (laughs) yo-yo razor blade thing down on him and just rips his head off. And everyone's like, oh, heavens me, a murder. (laughs) Running around like, oh, dear God. Um to which he immediately is like told, that's no, he's just a dumb beggar. You you murdered that guy for no reason. And he's like, well, I'm going to murder everyone with one arm until I find him. So <laughs> tell, tell everyone <laughs> that I'm coming. <laughs> so, OK, so it's established that he's just going around murdering anybody with one arm. Now we go to this tournament. Mm hmm. This tournament lasts for 45 minutes. <laughs> it's it's a fairly long tournament. <laughs> with ever, with an, never breaking away to any other scene. It is just, it, it, now these two weird styles will fight. And they have weird fights with one another. Mm-hmm. And usually one of them ends up dead, if not both. Yeah. Like, I don't know why every average <laughs> students would want to go to this thing. <laughs> yeah, you want to go, like, have a... a Deathmatch blood sport thing here? Yeah, it's like, oh, you mean this is what we're training for? No, <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to be a farmer. We're in the textile mill. Something. I, I think the best thing about this is um, the Eagle Claw head guy. Mm-hmm. He has a confidant dude who's mm-hmm. calling this match, who the dubbing like wavers between Howard Cosell and W.C. Fields. Um, like the, He's a showman. Yeah, I mean, but every once in a while, he's like, and this corner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, Shay, kid, get that body out of here. <laughs> he has a flair for the dramatic yeah. uh, because he also has, you know, the fans that have symbols on them to declare a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is dramatically whipping out fans and is like, winner, yeah, come but, take this dead body away. But the great, the great thing about this is every person that comes out has a nickname before their name. Mm-hmm. So, or, and sometimes it's just as descriptive as like, 
hey, this guy has long, ropey hair. So he's long, ropey hair, you know, y- y'all fat, you know? And it's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. And then there's one guy who's a fucking cheater because his name is like Jimmy No Knives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he fucking whips out knives in the well, middle of his fight. So he's got like nightstick style, you know, yes. um, things. And, he, and he's fighting with this dude with a sword. And mm-hmm. they kind of like cross hands, get yep. all locked up. And then he just goes, shink, switchblade out of the out of the bottom of the nightstick, stab mm-hmm. the dude. Yeah. To which uh, <laughs> one of our boxers in the crowd, and he's like, oh, he did have a knife. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And there's a there's a part two where someone does. I think it's when there's. I think uh, it's when that guy comes out. Is it? Yeah, like he flies over the wall. Oh, They're that's like, right. Yeah, hey, like, no, hey, hey, Jimmy, no knives. Where are you? And he's like <laughs> over the wall. And he's like, oh, that's a good jump. Jumping. Yeah. <laughs> see, I told you it was important. Like, he has this like jumping is the most important thing. You guys see this guy's in it. Ah, uh, well, this. So this goes on for a long time, and then like the the guy who's holding the tournament, we'd seen a scene with him before where he was having like auditions mm-hmm. and a Thai boxer had shown up and was like, I want to fight. And they're like, get out of here. And he's like, I'll fight everyone here. And then he does. And he's like, all right, fine. You're here. So he, that guy, the, the head, the organizer of the tournament is sitting there and looks across the way and is like, I think that's the famed one armed boxer. Cause his daughter had been like, Hey, is the one on box- boxer? If he's coming? here, he would be totally stoked if we could like, you know, see him do things. Cause he's awesome. So they send over a note, which is basically like, Hey, you're that guy. We well, hear you're awesome. Why don't you fight? Yeah. And the one our boxer is just like, time to go. I'm no, no fighting here is going yeah, to happen. I just came here to yeah, watch. Just watching, and now I will leave. So he does. And that's kind of the end of the tournament. Like we never see round two or anything. It's just everyone is just kind of hanging out. Um, I guess bonding over, you know, the next round, whatever it's going to be. But like the tournament never progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It's at this point that I kind of got lost because I got lost in the 45 minutes of tournament. Oh, okay. So I know the guillotine guy shows back up again and murders another innocent person. Right. Yeah. He shows up. Um, there's not actually like a one-armed person. And I don't understand why he attacked anybody because I don't remember there being another. Oh, he, he shows up at the end of the tournament. Right. The one-armed dude is left and he pops in like, haha, I'm here now. Yeah. And they're like, he's oh. like, he's like up on the roof and they're yeah. like, hey, what's that up there? And yeah, he he guillotine somebody and i'm trying to remember why but among the fighters was um equal claws daughter mm-hmm. uh guy jumped you know she jumped in and mm-hmm. he was like i don't know if you want to be in this and she's <laughs> like you got to trust me and he's yeah. like all right i trust you so she she fought this like monkey dude who was pretty fucking awesome but she basically defeated him by slowly declothing him so like she ripped off his sleeves yes and then ripped off his vest and then like did this move so like as he was backing up with this weird monkey hop thing he was doing his pants came down and he was like ah i'm embarrassed and then like ran off and she was like they were like winner her. yeah but i don't remember I, I do not remember who uh guillotine guy threw it at but he basically like brings down the house like he um it's about to fall on the daughter, and no, Jimmy No Knives is like yoink and, and saves her, mm-hmm. and so carries her off to like this remote cabin, and she wakes up and she's like, "Who are you?" And he's like, "I'm Jimmy No Knives. I've saved you." Yeah. And he's like, uh, "Your dad's dead, so don't even bother crying about it, because yeah. you know when people are dead, they're dead. Um, so you're gonna come back to Japan with me, and you know, you're, I, I, I think your kung fu is pretty good. Wink. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you come back with me and let me domesticate you, yeah. and you could never use it again. Um. So yeah. she's just like, nah, I don't really want to do that. Yeah. But uh, flying guillotine guy on his way out of the tournament 
you know, scorched earth that place too because he right. throws he, his bombs and blows up like the stage and stuff like that. He did, so, yes. Um, now, that might have been what made the roof collapse. Something okay. did because like he, you know, Jimmy No Knife saves her yeah. and then like he he she wakes up and he's like, I'm going to go out for a bit, but you know, prepare yourself to leave. And she's like, I'm still not going with you. Mm-hmm. And that's one on Broxer basically shows up as she's kind of escaping from all this. Well, he's had a meeting with his school mm-hmm. and has told them, look. Okay, I think this guy's coming for me. Uh, class dismissed. <laughs> yeah, y'all need to get out of here. And they're like, "How will we learn if we don't watch you fight people?" And he's like, "No, you don't understand. This fool's gonna murder everyone." Right. And they're like, ah, "All right, <laughs> you make some good points." Yeah. Um. But anyway, like somehow, uh, one arm boxer and, and the and the lady meet up. <laughs> um. It's probably in the town because he he goes yeah. and and he goes and like basically rents a coffin store. Yes, <laughs> and the like, guy's like, he's like, well, he walks in, he's like, you need a small one or a big one? He's like, actually, I want to rent the place. He's like, you want to rent a coffin store? And he's like, yes, here's yeah. a big stack of coins. And the guy's yes, like, boring. I like money. <laughs> yes, sir. Right away, <laughs> Which, sir. I mean, you know where this is going, but it doesn't matter. It's still awesome. Yeah. But like. Because he was watching uh, his uh, buddy guy like trying to cut some bamboo with an axe, mm-hmm. which they reused the same shot like three times in a row. Like yep. the guy like takes a couple swings at a bamboo and then like looks at his axe like, "Why isn't this working?" Yep. And then they do it like three times in a row. I know. I kept waiting for some amazing revelation to come from this, and it was just like, "Oh no, yeah, they're just and, showing and, the same." And shot he was over just sitting with the lady, and she's like, "What? What? What is it?" And he's like, "Yeah, realizing that the bamboo is pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of dulling the blades. Yeah, and uh, I've got a plan. Mm-hmm. So." He also goes to visit some people in town, goes to the blacksmith and gets some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then basically sort of proceeds to start laying booby traps. Yes. Um, now, here's where it gets a little weird, because <laughs> somewhere along the the way, like while he's booby trapping, um, like the Thai kickboxer dude and a couple other people are like, hey, we're going to start following guillotine guy. Yeah. It, it's a like weird alliance here. has started for no no obvious reason, yeah. but just because so there can be more dudes to fight. Right. Um, so they sort of kind of pair up like like he and Thai Boxer are definitely aligned. But then like the like the brown faced, not Indian guy is in this one. There's a guy like that. in this. It's better than the last time. Like, it's not quite as obvious, but right. it's still like obviously not an Indian dude. Yeah. Um, oh, and he has a superpower, too, because in the tournament, he can make his arms grow. Right. So he has like ridiculous double sized arms mm-hmm. so they have to they have to show him from a distance so you don't see his weird frankenstein arms right. <laughs> karate chopping people <laughs> yeah that's his superpower he yeah. can grow his arms yeah yeah he's probably sort of like the dulcim character from street fighter i mean that might be this might be part of the places where they took this could shit be from but, could be um yeah anyway so like he isn't really directly aligned with guillotine guy, but mm-hmm. like he just kind of shows up and is like, "Hey, one on bark boxer, I hear you're good." Yeah. Um. Because oh, that's what it was. He he went back to the school and was like kind of like packing up the rest of the shit because mm-hmm. he was like, "I gotta get out of here and go lay these traps and yes, all this." And um, that's when the the Indian guy kind of like bushwhacked him and just kind of like came out of nowhere and was like, "I'm gonna fight you now to see who's better." Yes. Um. So like. He does this thing because, like, he grows the arm and, like, he breaks the guy's arm. And then it's just like, I think this is like one of the first flashbacks from the first movie where he's like, look how powerful my punch is thing. Because he punches this dude and, like, makes him fly across the room into the wall. And he's just like, oh, yeah. Because he, he, he flashes back to when he punches the hut or whatever right. and makes it explode. He's like, oh, right. I have that power. Yeah. Um, later, he, like, when retelling the, the story of why this dude's coming after him, they just basically show the whole fight of him and the, the monks from the, f- the first one. But, right. um, yeah, so he is remembered, oh, yeah, I can murder fools with one punch. Maybe mm-hmm. I should do that, which 
I don't know if you can turn that on and off. Like I, you know, I was trying to imagine like his life in between these movies were just like opening a box of cereal and the cereal just explodes everywhere. Like just, just damn this, this fist. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So let's hope he has a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So that guy's been dispatched. Um, then he kind of like goes about, cause it's kind of strange. Like this, whole finale thing kind mm-hmm. of like hops locations very quickly. Yeah. Um, because he's established that from like out back behind the school, there's some cave and that leads to this abandoned cabin. Mm-hmm. So like he's got an abandoned cabin just like Jimmy No Knives did. Yes. Um, so like that's where they're kind of hanging out and hiding out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he rigs the whole cave with like explosives from yep. that were the things from the blacksmith. Yep. Um, so like a couple dudes come and notice the trip wires and don't step on them. So like they kind of sort of have a fight, um, but it ultimately leads where the Thai kickboxer guy comes to this cabin mm-hmm. and he has basically re-rigged this cabin to have basically a metal floor and metal walls. Yes. And then instructs his students who have kind of come back and be like, Hey, we don't want you to die. We want to do something. And he's like, all right, I've got a plan. <laughs> right. Hang out here. Yeah. We're going to put a bunch of kindling under this thing and you're going to stand outside with, with uh, like spears. Mm-hmm. And when this guy comes in, let him in. And then we're going to set fire outside the house and you're not going to let him leave. Yes. Because it begins this battle where this dude is like, because it's established that the kickboxer guy like doesn't wear shoes or anything. And so they, they lure him in basically like Pied Piper style because like his little henchman guy got the same kind of weird horn thing and was like out in the middle of town just like blowing it really loud. And the guy's like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. What's this Thai music I hear? And mm-hmm. that's that's not right. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, he's just like, oh, you're coming by. And like <laughs> runs away and leads him back to this thing. Yeah. So, um. It's a weird kind of fight, but I mean, it's like it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting scenario. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, like, I love the setup of this. The fight itself is not very good because it's such a confined space. Sure, and the dude's like constantly like going ow, yeah, you know, like everything he touches and yeah. Every, but every it's step. a it's yeah. a super cool idea. Yeah, like just just looking at the production of it, I was just like, how how is that? I mean, the fucking fire and. Mm-hmm. You, you see this like ring of fire around the outer part of the floor and you're like, well, obviously there's no fire underneath the direct floor. But then you see like the plate shift and flame come up from, you know, the gaps between the plates on the floor. And you're like, Jesus, how are they doing this? Right. So, yeah. But he, yeah, he basically dispatches that guy by just like needling him to death. Like, you know, like yeah. he's eventually like, I all right, fine. I give up. I'm burning here. Yes. Uh, and then he uh, one arm boxer runs out and jumps into a barrel of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, "Sir, I thought you wouldn't be bothered by this." And he's like, "I'm not, but it was close." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's still <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, I guess um, that's the yeah. I'm trying to remember. Like, there were some other dudes that, like I said, there were some dudes that that got past the tripwires, and I don't remember who they were or like what their position well, was. I re- there was like an old dude. There was like a a guy who was leading the flying guillotine guy through the caves mm-hmm. and didn't see the trip wire. And that guy bit it. And you're like, Oh, well, I guess the cave is sealed or whatever. But right. No, he still gets out somehow. Yeah. Because Maybe it was just a kickboxer guy that was like, Oh, trip wire. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember. I just remember there was a scene where somebody was like, Oh, trip wire. Nope. Yeah. Um, but anyway, like he sort of fights the guillotine guy at this cabin, mm-hmm. but then like leads him back into town, like mm-hmm. back through the caves and everything. And they more or less end up at the coffin shop. Yes. Um, and has he already, removed the teeth from his did he already do the bamboo oh that's right yeah he had the bamboo thing right outside the cabin so yeah, yeah that, that was the whole thing is like i think this is gonna dull his guillotine so he keeps throwing it at the bamboo like not only like sort of messing up the outside spikes but 
Well, like, it's, it's ripping out the inner teeth yeah, of this is. thing, yeah. so like it no longer works as a beekeeper hat. Right. So, it's really just like now, like a sort of like the James Bond. Yeah. You it, know, it's it's thing. a razor frisbee. It's right. a, it's it's um from the Sedaris movie. Yeah. So yeah, they they go back to the coffin store, and it's it's basically uh, the one on boxer boxer basically ends up hanging from the ceiling mm-hmm. and just throwing rocks at all the coffin lids against the wall, and so this is leading to the guy you know flinging his guillotine at wherever the sound is from. Right. Uh, and at one point during this, as he's demonstrating his weird sonar skills, uh, his head just starts spinning around. Yeah. Three hundred sixty degrees. Yep. And you're just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Also, um, one arm boxer is rigged hatchets, mm-hmm. um, like booby traps with hatchets inside yes. the coffin store. Yeah. So every once in a while, one will just like he'll rip one off, and then it just fires a, a hatchet at him. Uh, he shrugs, shrugs off the first couple. Is just yeah. like, ah, whatever. Um, but but eventually, like he's you know he's taken like two or three axes to the chest, and then eventually he kind of throws the guillotine against one coffin and kind of gets caught around a, an axe. Mm-hmm. And then one on boxer tosses another axe and basically like locks it down where yeah. he can't free can't his thing. It. Yeah. Um, and at this point, like that's pretty much his, his only thing. Like this guy has some Kung Fu skills, but it's mostly like, yeah, I'm relying on this yeah. flying guillotine thing. So Cause they have a, they have a moderately decent one, one-on-one right. battle, yeah. but it's clear that, well, okay. So it goes on a little longer than I thought. And right. I was kind of like yelling at the screen, like just punch him. Mm-hmm. Just punch him. Do your one punch. <laughs> Why are you not punching him? Because there was a part where he had gotten the guillotine away from him and was hiding behind a door mm-hmm. as he walked in. I'm like, dude, punch him in the back of the head. This is over. What are you doing? <laughs> but yeah, you got to have a got to have a big fight. So they have a big fight. Um, and then, like eventually, like, I, I don't know if it's a trap or if uh, one arm boxer threw it at him, but he like launched like one more like little hand hatchet thing like into the center of his chest. And mm-hmm. the guy's like, oh, OK, that one kind of stings a little bit. And then eventually <laughs> it's just like, you know, flying punch mm-hmm. into the chest and basically like punches the axe the rest of the way through him. Yes. Um, and the great thing about this is like the dude is like stumbling and, you know, like, OK, I'm about to die. And he just goes kick and kicks a <laughs> coffin out in the middle of the street. Yeah. To which the guy just, of course, perfectly falls into the coffin mm-hmm. dead. Yep. Yeah, and he's just like basically just does all like, yep, I did that, and mm-hmm. just starts walking away like as the music, you know, walks down the street. Movie ends. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> just like check that shit out, y'all. Yeah. Um. So I want to point out that. So I understand that it's a symbol in other cultures, mm-hmm. Buddhism stuff like that. But for the entire movie, the master is wearing this like bib thing with a swastika on it. Mm-hmm. It's a bit distracting a lot of times, like. I, I knew it was relevant to other cultures. I totally knew that. Right. And I had to go like look it up like why would he be wearing this? And it was it was, you know, I, I for believe most it's, cultures it's a symbol of good luck. I believe it's like reverse though. It like, might be from like the Nazi symbolism. Okay. But just be prepared for that if you watch it. Yeah. Um also I want to point out that the music in this is kinda cool. Mm-hmm. It's they stole this track from a German band. Um and just use it on their soundtrack without paying for the rights to it. Yep. But man, it fits like it's when it, like they pre- they use like two versions of it. They slow it down whenever the master is coming or walking or doing something. And then mm-hmm. there's like this kind of actiony version of it. It's cool. Like mm-hmm. it's a, a era appropriate and sounds awesome and is menacing and is just it's just cool. Like I want to track down the, a copy of this yeah. track and listen to it on my own. So yeah, it's I, it, there's sort of a version of it over the opening credits too, which yes. are really good and mm-hmm. like super duper stylized. 
Like yes. very, very grindhousey. Like absolutely, let's just blow the shit out of the film and red, blue. Know, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, this English dub is of the era. This totally sounds like a seventies English dub, mm-hmm. uh, except when it's not <laughs> when they stop dubbing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's Master of Flying Guillotine. It's uh, it's an experience. It's odd. Yeah. I, I very much wish somebody would get their act together and make a re- proper remaster of this. If that means redubbing scenes that weren't there. Yeah. Fine. I'm not going to miss this old dubbing. No. Not at all. There's really nothing appealing yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't know what the what it would take or if you, know, you could even assemble these people, but get the people. I know as goofy as it was, get the people that did one-armed boxer probably yeah. whatever, 10 years ago or whenever the hell that was because yes. it wasn't very long ago. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they're I'm sure they're they're working. Yeah, I'm just saying were they actually voice actors or were they just like the people that were in the place redoing <laughs> the master and they're like, You, you, you and you come in here. We're right. We're dubbing this shit. Yeah. I'm sure they'd be thrilled to do it. I, I know. I'm just saying like <laughs> just to even track them down and they yeah. all work at the same place anymore, you know. Yeah. yeah, so okay, this one I you know, I part of me thinks this is the quality of the print talking, but I I didn't like this. I recognize that it has certain charms to it, but like I wasn't sitting there thinking this is what everyone loves. Like, but I was, I was wondering like if there was something wrong with me when I was watching this, like if I was in a bad mood or something, because I think the, the tournament part broke me to where I was just like, eh, this is, you get an idea of what a movie is going to be mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially some of these based on, just expectation. And I think this is okay. So this is only the second sequel that we've watched. And again, it's, it, it's not what you thought it was going to be. It kind of is, but only for about 20, 25 minutes. And the rest of it is, is filled with these other details. There was one part. So like when the, the dude from Japan was arriving for the tournament and was checking into this hotel and you realize that all the participants are from the tournament are staying at this hotel. Mm-hmm. That just gave me an idea for an awesome movie of just like all these, opposing dudes staying in the same hotel and then something happens and they all have to come together and save the hotel or something. But that just sounded like a good, so I was making up all these movies in my head as I was watching it and none of them came to fruition, but I'm still going to give it one jocks. I think if it looked better and sounded better, I would appreciate it more. Um, I, I think there's some cool stuff in here. I think there's some goddamn ridiculous stuff in here, but whereas like the ridiculous stuff, I, I, I totally think the one on boxer is a better movie, like mm-hmm. top start to finish. I think the one on boxer is a better motion picture than this. Yes. Because the main dude, uh, Jimmy Wang, Yu is is almost barely in this for most of it. And if it's to give other people a time to shine, it's not that impressive. Like the tournament fights are really they're all gimmicky. They're all weapons based gimmicks. They're not like awesome kung fu on display or anything like that. So. I, I just feel kind of indifferent towards this movie. I, I want to like it better. Um, but like I said, that that may just be the print talking. So okay. I, I can I can give it a one jocks because I feel like eh, it may be better than I'm thinking it is. So I think I'm going to give it three jocks. Okay. And I honestly think it would be a four or five were the print fixed. OK. Um, and I'll explain why. Like I. I really like like I mean, I feel like this is a movie where I'm trying to think how to say this. Like, okay. So if there were, this were a superhero movie, um, imagine, imagine you had something like, I, I don't know. I'm just going to, they've, they never hardly ever recycle villains in, mm-hmm. in movies, but let's say, 
let's say like in Spider-Man, you you know, you were watching Spider-Man and he fought Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, it was like it had been darker, like, you know, they were going to do Hobgoblin or Green Goblin 2 or whatever. But like the whole movie was told mostly from his point of view mm-hmm. or at least like his schemes. Yeah. And and I and the villain or like the hero is kind of barely in it. Like you, you know, you give one whole movie where it's like it's pretty much hero, 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 and then the next one it's like, all right, this one's going to be from the villain's point of view, um, because maybe it's that song, maybe it's the fact of like how cool the master dude looks, mm-hmm. but like when he's creeping along, I had this like Jason it follows vibe for the whole thing, where it's yeah. like this this force is coming for this dude. Yes. And, and is not, is going to destroy anything in its path. Yes. And I really like that. I know the, the tournament thing kind of sort of breaks that, but I was enjoying the gimmicky bits too enough that it didn't really bother me. <laughs> um, to me, I don't know. It was like a even more extended version of like the pod race. It was like, all right, this is cool and everything, but it has nothing to do. It was very pod race. You know, like it has <laughs> really nothing to do ultimately yeah. with like the main plot of this movie. It yeah. was just a distraction, but I was enjoying the distraction. because like, I would watch an entire m- movie about monkey Kung Fu dude and shit like that. Like, see, I don't know. I think monkey Kung Fu is one of the stupidest things I've ever seen. I fucking loved it. Like I, <laughs> that style to me is just like this is really dumb. Well, I mean, they make that dude look like a chump, but I mean, like sure. the moves that he it. was doing, like yes. I think were would have been a lot cooler because, like, my favorite thing style wise that I've ever seen is the drunken master. Uh, absolutely, like I I love that to death. Yeah. And so, like, this was sort of like a variation of that. It is like I'm gonna. I'm going to, you know, do some monkey shines in order to make you not, you know, to underestimate my actual skills, which right. is what I feel like the drunken master stuff is. It's like, yeah, you, you've seen drunk people. You've dealt with drunk people. You don't expect drunk people to suddenly, like, absolutely whip your ass. Yes. Um, not to the point that they're acting anyway. You that know. makes sense. I yes. mean, a couple drinks, people get violent. <laughs> good violent. Or, you know, like, they, uh-huh. not good, but good at violence. <laughs> okay, right. The stumbly drunken master thing is like, that's, you, you know, you're you're carrying this person to your car, <laughs> and then suddenly you. they kick your ass. Yeah. So I'm just saying, I, uh-huh. you know, I, I liked some of that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I'm kind of begrudgingly giving it only a three jocks, because okay. I really like this, like, that opening bit, I mean, I know it's goofy as hell, but like the whole opening bit on the on the mountain when mm-hmm. he gets the carrier pigeon and all that, I was like, yes, like, yeah. yes, just this force is coming for him. Mm-hmm. And that one dude was more scary than the army of dudes in one on Bar- Boxer. Oh, absolutely. I feel like as we've been presented it, yes, right now, one on Boxer is a better movie just yeah. because you can watch it better <laughs> like you know it just works better you're right um like this one is just kind of a broken mess and i i, I i'm shocked that like i said that, that this is such a well-known movie and nobody's like yeah done what it's taken to because i mean this has got to be like really cheap to obtain the rights i, I mean hope i mean like you said unless they just absolutely cannot find any better prints of this i i, I that's what i'm guessing because the, yeah. the acclaim this movie has you would think there's got to be a marketing point for, I mean, it just people would want it. Yeah. You know, you look at some of the, I understand, you know, Shaw was a different thing and they probably kept all their materials in, in good condition, but you look at some of the HD transfers that they did for some of the Shaw brothers movies and you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why this one? So, I mean, I re- I understand that different companies and all that, but man, just that company that bought all the Shaw brothers movies, buy this one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so be nice. Yeah. So it's it's a shame. I, I I hate to sound spoiled in terms of like 
video quality. Yeah, but... I know, but like this one definitely has some huge issues. I like... mean, even if it was just a a DVD copy of a remastered version, I'm not saying it had to be in HD. It just right. had to not, you know, pulsate and you know look like a fucking nightclub <laughs> every once in a while. Yeah, there were, there were some that, scenes that were just yeah almost unwatchable, just like red green Christmas time. It's like, <laughs> what the hell's happening here? So yeah, it's um. It's kind of a shame. I, I like like you're you're tentatively saying that you think the movie is better than it looks. I'm definitely saying that. Yeah. Um, and I I think maybe I have seen this before. Like there were certain scenes that every once in a while I was like, because I'll be honest, there was a period of time when I was like, what you know, just watching movie after movie, mm-hmm. and when I discovered an Asian video store. Yep. I watched so much kung fu movies that like it's hard to keep track. And I basically, you know, this was pre good internet right you know like like researchable like what is this like tell me more about this person yeah um because i mean i think imdb might have existed but it was all completely user generated oh so it was like janky as, as hell. soon as you got outside of a you know english u.s things it was like yeah we might have a translation for the title of this movie we might not yeah you know so l- good luck researching it back at the time <laughs> that i was doing this so i was just binge watching these things having no connection. I think Golden Harvest and maybe Shaw were like the only things I like went, oh, yeah, okay, I, similarity here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like the Golden Harvest logo used to be my MGM logo. It was yes, like, oh, absolutely. shit, okay, I didn't know this was Golden Harvest. Yep. All right, this should be good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. And even they, I mean, uh, you know, buy this. It's It's got footage from one of your movies in it. <laughs> Probably illegally. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. So that's Master of the Flying Guillotine. <laughs> Now, that, now it's time for us to bow out of Kung Fu for a while. For a little while, um, I think. Yes, I think we have uh, we've we've done a, a nice long run, and uh, it could have ended better. But we're going to come back to it at some point. I think th- I think we agreed that this is the kind of thing. Like, if we don't have an idea for or a month or two, totally go back and watch some Shaw Brothers movies or some Golden Harvest movies. I mean, that shit is. It, you, you flip through Amazon Prime, and it is there's a lot there. So yeah, and we may not. We may come back slightly less strict, mm-hmm. like st- strictly trying to do Shaw Brothers. Just do martial arts. Because I, I feel like we've been trying to pick the different troops yeah. inside of Shaw to to break that up. Yeah. And I think the better thing might be just jumping companies. Yes. Because you, then you're going to get a completely different style. Correct. And I do know a couple other... I couldn't tell you who did like what company put it out, uh-huh. but like there's like another one called like I think I think it's either the Flying Dagger or the Flying Daggers, okay. not not House of the Flying Daggers, right? Which was a giant big you know budget movie, but like uh, this was like a late seventies eighties movie. I don't okay. remember when. Okay, that I would like to revisit. All right, well, so next week we're going to start a whole new theme that yeah. we've already uh, we've already nailed down, and we've got we've got our movies, we've mm-hmm. got our list. Yep. Um, and our parents' permission. Yes, uh, we we got permission slips <laughs> filled out to to do this. <laughs> uh, do you want to give it away? You want to wait? Uh, you want to wait? Uh, <laughs> we'll wait. All right, we'll wait. We're gonna wait. Uh, you'll find out next week when the next episode drops of our hot new theme for Bavcast Extra movies. Uh, I'm excited about this one. It's, we're gonna get some different genres in here. Mm-hmm. Um, Really, only two or three different genres, but uh, yeah, time to mix it up. Time to watch the movies that other people may have seen. That's <laughs> true. So uh, we are going to be back next week with that. Uh, if you want to write us in the meantime, please do so at bmf at bmfcast.com. 
tell us about anything, whatever, you know, extra movies you think we should tackle. Uh, we're, we're open to a lot of things on the extra show, as you'll find out next week. And uh, these are probably movies that not going to show up on Bamcast Prime, just for whatever reason. You know, if it's just things you want us to cover, maybe mm-hmm. let us know. And if we put a theme together, we, we'll, we'll do it. All right. Um, so uh, thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Really appreciate that. Uh, your dollar or more is getting you this and a whole bunch of other things. And if you're listening to this on the regular feed, well, you know, you're still a fan, obviously. You're listening. So thank you, mm-hmm. I guess. Whatever. <laughs> hey, thanks. <laughs> but no, it's it's appreciated. So uh, until next week with our new theme, uh, we'll be back. I'm Chuck. And I'm Harlow. And this is Bamcast Extra. Out. Out.